This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me this evening is Richard Halls. Hello, everyone. Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we have got six films to review. We're going to kick off with Outpost. Then we have hashtag Chad Gets the Axe, Anchorage, Killshot, Trauma Therapy Psychosis, and Thirst. Our short shot this week is Night Run, and we're going to wind up with our DTV throwback, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review, then, is Outpost. After a violent attack, a woman searches for strength in the solitude of a lookout job, but is overwhelmed by something darker. I think this, I mean, it is a very good film, but the the really striking thing about this is that it's written and directed by Joe uh, Truglio, who played Boyle on um, Brooklyn 999. 999? 911. What's it called? 99. Yeah, Brooklyn 999. There you go, yeah. Um, you know, a great comedy actor. <laughs> He's absolutely great in that, you know, physical comedy and all the rest of it. Um, never knew he had this in him, that's for sure. This is a very surprising film, very well made. Um, you know, I don't think we want to talk too much about the, you know, the content of the film, the, the actual narrative. Um, but, you know, especially the opening is is pretty scary. What we, what, you know, the, the, the actual attack we we don't see a lot of it to begin with you know we hear of it we see how she's ended up it's um you know it, it is a very well made very well put together film how did you get on this one steve loved it uh like you were saying I, I heard about this a while back as well and when rich sent you know the, the link through that we've got it hmm. and i was like brilliant can't wait for it it is directed so well, I think he's done a great job. He's written, he's wrote it well as well. <laughs> and performances, I mean, Beth Dover is actually his wife in real life as well. All right, didn't know that. Yeah, she's great. Um, it's basically her film, you know, and you got a bit, a bit of Dylan Baker in there, so it was a nice, nice thing to have there. But I just, it was. We've had a lot of, I wouldn't say rubbish horrors at the minute, but a bit underwhelming mm-hmm. at the minute. And I think this one was just a step above. It was intriguing, never slowed down, to be honest, but the pacing was great as well. Um, even, you know, the flashbacks and stuff and mm. the quick cutaways to nasty gruesome things i just thought it was really really well done and the sound design as well i thought was brilliant as well it's it's an intriguing one this one which is i mean and and it, it does deal with the whole sort of um you know the post-traumatic stress very well you know you, you know the the smallest thing puts her back in that moment you know sort of mm-hmm. if, if a pot falls on the floor or something you know some sort of sound effect you know 
she she's back there in in that moment which, which is what trauma is you know it, it's not being able to move away from that that particular moment in time and and sort of reliving it in different ways i, th- I thought it did a really really good job of of um portraying that yeah it's a, it's almost a psychological thriller uh quite a lot of it because the stuff is happening uh and it's not initially apparent um is it some is it something she's purely imagining or is it actually happening mm. um some of it's quite obviously um uh, uh imagined or also there's a there's a moment early on which sort of indicates that we're going to have these moments in that she's so she's sort of yeah. looking out over the restaurant and everyone just sort of staring her in, in a room and you think it's going to be a dream sequence but it's not because she it's not a dream it's like a it's almost like a a daydream moment yeah uh, and there's yeah. and there's quite a few of those peppered around and they become increasingly violent uh involving various people because she's, and like you say it's the trauma she's bringing back but i i also think there's an element of um the un, almost she doesn't narrate but it's almost the unreliable narrator i'm not sure how much mm. i trust her character mm. uh you know into i i think i i think i'm taking it um that that you know what happened did happened. happen yeah yeah, but I think you, there. Yeah. I think there is an element that is open to interpretation of, about that as well. I, so I think a lot of it is. I, I think that incident has changed her perspective of how she is receptive to things happening yeah. around her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it, it could be something relatively innocuous. Yeah. You know, like like when those hikers saying, "Oh, we'll 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 see, we'll see you again later," sort of thing. But the way she sees it, it's like, "We'll see you again later." Kind of, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. It's like it, it could be completely yeah. innocuous, but be, you know, because she's that, that's her sort of frame of mind. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it's really really well done. And it's another one where somebody goes off to isolate themselves. And I say, we, mm. we, we spoke about that film a while ago, which was Faye, I think it was, where a woman goes to stay in a cabin. This one yeah. kind of does a similar thing. She goes, she basically gets her best friend to pull some strings so she can get a job mm. working at an outpost for three months uh, in isolation. So that isolation in itself has a detrimental effect mm-hmm. on, on her uh, moving forward. She's got very few people to interact with. Uh, Dylan Baker being one of them, uh, he's he's really good. Um, his wife—it's funny you say the director's wife's in the movie. Well, Dylan Baker's wife's in the, in the film as well. <laughs> so it's, it's like the, the gang's all together or something. I don't know. But the um, and then you've got um, another guy called Dallas Roberts in the film who I recognise as a guy who does a lot of like comedy roles, and he 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 does a he provides a bit of humour, but but he he's also yeah. a sort of not very. Uh, you're not quite sure about him, kind of character. Yeah. The the only right, ones yeah. you're really confident with are uh, Earl, who's like Lee, who's like the guy who's basically done the, pulled the strings to get her the job, and he's basically not sure he's made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the there's some interesting yeah. stuff going on there with him and his sister. Yeah, they're very estranged, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Kate says something weird. It, it really caught me. She said, "You drifted away" or something. Mm. And I was thinking, is there like a religious group kind of thing? It's like because mm. because then he starts talking about his wife being, you know, she's you know not, she's not a believer, being a believer but, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's a believer, and so and it's all to and basically it's all to do with like um, prejudice and stuff. So the um, 
but that never that I I hooked onto that, but that didn't go anywhere. Mm. So I wasn't sure that sort of bit of dialogue sort of caught me off because it's kind of unsettled me. It was like, oh, like, they they're talking in a particular kind of way. It's like yeah. like. Um, does that mean something? But I don't know if it maybe that was a subtle thing that you're in there. Anyway, I'm not sure. But anyway, the most majority of the thing is you think she's going to be going and isolating herself on this um, outpost. Very similar kind of. Uh, if anyone saw the Angelina Jolie film, uh, those, those who wish, who me, want, we wish me dead, wish yeah. me dead, yeah. Uh, basically, the exact same sort of construction. Uh, she's there to be a lookout mm. and look out for forest fires and kind of pre- preventative mm. actions and stuff. And um, but she's she can't she can't leave well she can't stay there she's she's always sort of nipping down or whatever and encountering various peoples and mm. and uh, you know uh, different things are happening to her and yeah it does it's a horror kind of scenario um, but it doesn't sort of go in the kind of expected directions there's, no, there's little shifts uh, here and there uh, which kept it quite interesting mm-hmm. so it, it, it's touching on some things that we know but I think you'll be quite surprised about where it actually does end up. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to um, Terea Campbell, who plays Nikki, the um, the friend, um, because she gets the um, the best friend award for being being the most sensible best friend. <laughs> because you know she's walking into this situation, she's like, "I'm gonna go get help. I'm not I'm not gonna go any further." And she's like yelling yeah. up, yelling back, going, "I'm gonna get help. Don't worry." <laughs> Wanders off again. Well, that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, very sensible. Um, okay, that is outpost. How are we going to score it? Uh, over to Steve. Ooh, I think I'm going to push. Yeah, I'm going to go for a nine. Cool. And Rich, I'm going to go for a seven. Seven. I'm going to split you two. I'm going for an eight. So this comes highly recommended from us. A seven and eight and a nine. That is outpost. Go check it out. Our next film is Hashtag Chad Gets the Axe. Four social media influencers live stream their trip to Devil's Manor, former home to a satanic cult. Um, we have seen this gimmick before. I, I know we have. Um, there's been various films a lot of this ilk. Um, for example, the um, Unfriended films. Yeah. You know, or even um, Host. You know, where where we we're witnessing the whole film through social media or through somebody's laptop or something like that. Um, We've had missing and searching lately yeah, as well, which are, ones, I haven't yeah. seen. I haven't seen any of these films, by the way, but I've heard of them. And I know yeah. I know of them, but I haven't seen any of them. But... I've I've seen the um, unfriended ones; they're quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. In this situation, um, we've got a live streamer, basically, you know, YouTuber kind of guy. And again, we, we've seen other films um, which used this element as part of the film, but wasn't yeah. the whole film. Um, yeah, like Superhost, for example. Superhost, and there was another one we we watched where they go to their best fr- their, their childhood friend's birthday, and it turns out he's involved in some satanic shenanigans or something. Um, Anyway, this one we got a guy called Steve, who and and Chad, who are sort of like kind of rivals, kind of friends, um, and they sort of get together to do this um, this this particular live stream with a, a couple of other friends, um, and things go wrong, obviously, as as they tend to. I I did like this. It, it took a while for me to sort of get into it. I have to admit, you know, to get used to 
the the scrolling text of the the comments um you know the the way they they flip between different cameras um which basically proves to me that I have no idea how to use my phone <laughs> you know these guys are like flip 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 yeah you know it's it's you know made, made me feel really old <laughs> to be honest um but I did I did like it when it when it sort of found its groove I, th I thought it was um it was pretty solid this one uh Steve how about you um not as much as you mate um mm -hmm. to be honest I found all the characters annoying as hell I mean I know they're supposed to be but mm, yeah insufferable yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I think I'm just too old for it to be honest <laughs> it sounds awful but well it, it's it's basically watching a twitch stream which yeah I don't do and no. my kids have, might enjoy it you know that mm -hmm. kind of thing but yeah the comments and the scrolling comments and stuff I found quite annoying he's not it's not for me um mm -hmm. and it just seemed a bit there was no tension there. I know it sounds daft, but you've got no music. It's literally just like a live stream. There's no mm -hmm. no music to build tension or anything like that. It's literally just like banging. It's done, if you know what I mean. It's very quick when something happens, which it will be, but it just kind of like a, it's like the next stage in found footage movies, really, isn't it? It's Mm -hmm. Do it as a live live stream rather than oh we found the footage and put it together. It's like well this is happening right now and stuff like that. There's mm -hmm. a, one or two decent jump scares. I thought the bit with the jetty was quite good. The jetty was very good. Yeah, I thought that they um, handled that very well. But apart from that, I just thought it was quite flat and mm -hmm. just didn't like the characters. I just thought they were annoying as hell. Yeah. I I didn't mind the lack of music or anything like that. I, um. <laughs> Because I think one of my main problems with found footage in mm. general is the concept of, well, how are we an audience actually watching this? Yeah. You know I, get what I mean, that. Um, yeah. and, and if, if they've edited it and, you know, put music to it, then, you know, the, 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 that sort of takes away the sort of the, 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 the immediacy and realism of it. But anyway, that's beside the point. I, I, I did like this um, quite a bit. Well, but... That's the thing. It didn't seem immediate. I mean, the, the, the performances weren't... I don't think they gave enough. I don't think they were scared enough, if you know what I mean. I Yeah, I, I get that totally. Um, I, and, and I certainly agree with that. It's like, well, yeah. you know, they, they, he, he, they, they're treating it too much like a joke. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is such and such as idea of a joke. And, you know, they're going to jump out at us in a minute. And it's like, dude, you know, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and but, but, you know, the, the, the sort of cynicism and nihilism of the people commenting, um, yeah. you know, that, that, that was interesting. And, and yeah, every now and again, somebody will drop an advert in there. You know, yeah, some yeah. boner pills or something, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but they're also like, you know, the whole thing about hashtag Chad gets the axe is like, you know, that's born from the, the commenters wanting yeah. to see him get killed, you know, or, or, or you know, they're trying, trying to push for, for, for that sort of um, end result, which, which is the, you know, that, 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 that for me is the sort of the horror bit, you know, that's yeah. the, um, 
you know, this, that sort of nihilism um, coming through. Looking and, at you, it, was, it was based on a short as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, in fact, my, my son watched the show. <laughs> I don't know what he, what he made of it. Um, I think it's interesting you mentioned, you, you, you know, your, your kids sort of watch TikTok and Twitch live streams and things like that. You know, if, if they saw this, would they think this is as fake as fuck? You know, or, or do, do you know, is, yeah. is, it a, is it a good representation of, of that sort of thing? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, That's, I think they would. They would. They'd just be like, What's this shit? Mm. You know what I mean? I don't. I, it, that's the yeah. thing. It's not real enough. I know it sounds daft, but the performances don't give it that bit of reality. Indeed, that it, that it needs, and that, I think that's what's let it down mainly. I I agree. Um, Rich, what did you make of hashtag Chad gets the axe? I think I liked it more than both of you. Um, I didn't really have the, the same kind of problems. I thought it was a really good representation of um, sort of uh, the live stream sort of mm-hmm. uh, influencer culture of the, you know, chasing yeah. the, uh, yeah. you know, the novelties and coming up with wilder concepts and trying to get one over on each other all the time, do basically. You, do you watch that kind of stuff, Rich? Uh, I don't, but De- uh, Dexter does. And, uh, you know, I've seen, you know, uh, there's very there's various ones and they're they're all like in groups and some of them even live in houses together. I mean, I'm talking yeah. about like the gamer ones and stuff. Mm. And they they well they do gaming content, but they then they do all these like prank content kind of stuff. And they all well, there's li- there was a couple of guys who we used to watch or he used to watch and I watch it with him. And it was literally yeah. always about one of them trying to prank the other and then another turn prank and you know pranking each other back and forth. And it's exactly like that's, this kind of thing with Spicy Steve. Well, that's what and, I mean, it's like you know. I I have no real concepts of that kind of world. So maybe that's why it's got you a bit more than it has, you know. Yeah, I like what it really, what I liked about it was well, I thought it was quite it's it's quite a tough one to um to stretch this kind of thing out. I mean, I didn't know about the short until after I'd seen the film and I went back and watched the short and I thought that, you know, that was the short was good and it, and you know it, there's all the, a lot of the same stuff is in there but in a briefer running time and basically following it's it's like a one-man show it's just chad uh, yeah. and in and in making it into a feature they've said right well there's only one way to do this we've got to split you know we've got to set things up with multiple characters so we've got to bring a lot of influences together and then that will bring diversity to you know cut into different streams that they're, they're running and i think that works quite well um, we also get to you know like you were saying at the beginning mike about the you know you're viewing it on someone's screen it's like you see the um you see them go to check their text messages or, mm. or you know do a phone call or whatever it is and then you come back and then people are go oh where were you got you know you were gone you know for a few mm. moments or there you know the stream went dead sort of thing um and also when things happen uh, and you know so that that allows them to give a, a reason why they can cut to something else and show but yes there's it's like with a lot of these things it's like the why aren't you getting out of there why are you why are you still holding the camera thing that, that, that's been an accusation against a lot of the found footage stuff and that but i thought you know taking uh, liberties or you know accepting the sort of dramatic license that you've got to apply to this sort of thing i thought it worked really well oh and they've added in the cult thing which wasn't in the short uh, mm-hmm. that adds a adds a whole layer to it um the i did think the, the performances were good uh, uh, the 
the same guy who was in the short is playing Chad here, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought the other guys were quite well. It literally jumps straight in. There's no um, uh, like opening pre- preamble or you know production credits or anything. It literally starts. I was like, oh right, okay, <laughs> the, the film's already started. Um, and yeah, the uh, the the novelty of the uh, the on-screen comments, which I hadn't seen before. Again, that was in the short. There's a film. Yeah, there's a film I, I, I reviewed a while ago called Sleepless Beauty, mm-hmm. which is a Russian film about this woman who's been kidnapped and yeah. kind of tortured and things. And they were sort of using sort of live streams. So, so there, again, there was, there was that sort of litany of um, sort of messages on the dark web, sort of like at the bottom of the screen the whole time, oh, okay. sort of commenting on what was going on. So, oh, so yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Because the first yeah. time I saw it, they, they didn't put the bloody subtitles on for that bit. No. I was like, well, that's half the film. <laughs> well, yeah. well, what's interesting is the way the way that's incorporated is hmm. that can really be that's quite difficult because that can be really distracting, and you have to be used to you know watching something in that way, which I don't. You know, I can watch. We can watch YouTube and turn the comments on or whatever. I don't, you know, have it happen or whatever. I don't do that. But the so getting used to that because it's challenging you you're trying to take notice of the characters and what they're saying but then you're trying to read the comments and stuff at the same time um which uh, in some cases is pointless because a lot of it's just filler but every now and again there's something like really important that they pepper in like, there's one yeah. particular um uh one of the viewers commenting who like knows a lot of stuff and so it's like putting it like expositional sort of information in there mm. and there's other bits and pieces and then sometimes that the, the main characters are reacting to the comments and in one way or another. Mm. And uh, so I thought overall that that could have really backfired, but I think it actually works quite well mm. um, in adding, say, that little bit more diversity. And you've basically got the voice of an audience through, throughout the film, which you don't normally get with sort of these sort of things. The thing that it brought me back to, um, which I say was an example of a film which wasn't able to do that sort of interaction element was Ghost Watch, the BBC oh, yeah. um, a drama, which was presented as real. So this is a similar kind of thing where it's a broad, it's supposed to be a live broadcast, and this stuff mm-hmm. is happening, you know, as it happens. So this uh, sort of Ghost Watch was the sort of thing that came straight to mind, uh, which is a classic, and you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, a lot of people, I mean. It's made such an impression. It's had DVD releases. Now, Michael Parkinson was in it. Who uh, I have the DVD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have the DVD. I've got, yeah. got the DVD. Oh, you yeah. got it. Wow, cool. Yeah, I'd love oh, yeah. to see it again. The um, and Craig Charles and stuff. I mean, really Sarah, scary Sarah stuff. I saw it when I was little. Scared <laughs> the hell out of me. Because they presented oh. it as real. That was the thing. Mm. <laughs> it's like everyone. It was like it the perfect prank. It's like such a. Mm. They got the in a lot of trouble for that. Well, someone <laughs> died when somebody had a heart attack. It shit me up. It did shit me up when I was a kid. But then when it finished, the first thing it did, it came and said, written by. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it was it was advertised as a BBC drama when it was on, before, you know, when they showed the adverts and stuff. But, oh, yeah, oh. absolutely love Crosswatch. Yeah, the, um, say, I think this, and, and so many other things have done similar concepts, but I thought this one did it quite well. So I liked the performances. I thought that they, I thought they peppered it with all the sort of current terminologies and you know whatever. I say it might be that you know a young person watches it and they'll be like, oh no, this isn't. This is like a a, mo- a mockery of of the way. But you know they're all they're using all those terms like fire and stuff mm. and you know they're referencing various. Mm. 
uh, sorts of um, uh, you know the current the, the generational sort of millennial sort of stuff um, they're you know they're presented as obviously being quite self-centered and obnoxious or whatever which as I've said with like super host is, is pretty accurate you know so you see a lot of this lot of this stuff and it, it is that kind of way and we we're we we're, we're as parents you know we're kind of worrying about the you know that's not a great influence on your kids because mm-hmm. they're, like, they're feeding off that obnoxious sort of um attitude and whatever um yeah it's it's really good i liked it the the there is a little bit i didn't mind the no music because that's authentic although there is a bit of music from the uh uh from one of the influencers or or, or more appropriately her boyfriend who's mm-hmm. like a songwriter and you know he's even like he's a bit like he's trying to sing a song or he's listening to his own song in the car and stuff <laughs> and i think it actually plays on the end credits i can't remember but um i might be wrong about that but the um yeah it's good i i, I wasn't expecting to my i was actually not looking forward to watching it i didn't really like you know i was a bit put, put off by the title but no mm-hmm. i really liked it um i think travis bible um this is his first feature having made a lot of shorts including chad gets yeah. the axe yeah, yeah. Um, has done really well with it and uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing more cool cool, cool. all right then uh scores on the doors steve i'll give it a six and rich i'm gonna give it an eight again i'm splitting you two i am giving it a seven <laughs> so there you go that is a six a seven and an eight for hashtag chad gets the axe go check it out <laughs> Our next review is Killshot. Posing as hunters, a group of terrorists are in search of $100 million that was stolen and lost in a plane crash en route from Afghanistan. Guys, was this written by a 14-year-old or what? Yes, without a doubt. Jesus Christ. (laughs) The thing is, there are elements of this which aren't too bad. The setup is really cool. You know, it sort of jumps into Afghanistan. Uh, you know, there's a bit of a blurb about how, you know, there's more sort of poppy fields being cultivated now than there ever was before. We see this sort of drop off, this little girl having to carry this briefcase like, through the snow and all this. And then it turns to shit. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that opening doesn't really have anything to do with anything else that follows. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, here's an example of what we're dealing with. Okay, there's a truck that the bad guy, you know, these terrorists or uh, these American mercenaries stop and they need to get in the back of the truck and it's got a handle. It's one of those handles that's got a lock, you know, in the handle that you twist. So they can't get the thing open. So the guy shoots at it. It's like... Literally six inches away. Six six inches away. So what you're going to end up with is just a mushed up handle. Basically, you're still going to not be able to get in because that's not how those sort of locks work. You know, so and then it turns out it was open anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's beside the point. You know, the, these guys aren't the main crux of the film. Um, I, I saw an episode of Dark Corners recently um, where they're reviewing um, a Doug McClure film called something like creatures from the deep or something like that you know the one i mean um humanoids from the deep deep, that was it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he sort of said you know a a classic example of exploitation is 
you got all these guys, all, all the male characters are in puffer jackets and body warmers, and you got the woman run, running around in a halter top. You know, and that's kind of what we get here is you get the female um, mercenary in a sleeveless leather leatherette jacket thing, uh, you know, and all the men are in sort of like full tactical gear, yeah, not an inch of skin to be seen, sort of thing. And even later on, you know, um, our hero and his, um, his female partner, uh, who he's supposed to be guiding on this elk hunt. Um, you know, she ends up in just a skimpy negligee, and it's like, well, okay, why are we wearing lacy underwear when you went on an elk hunt? But anyway, that's like, yeah. like you said, fourteen-year-old. Fucking. 14 -year -old. I mean, the amount, the amount of time she gets her ass out mm. is, is unbelievable. It's obviously yeah. got an ass fetish, to be fair, or an underwear <laughs> fetish. Yes, and then they throw in a sex scene at the most inappropriate time. You know, <laughs> yeah, but it's not, is it? That's the thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a daydream that lasts right. for about five right. seconds. Yeah, and comes back, and you're like, "What? Where, where did that come from?" I can, I can hear Beavers and Butthead watching this. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, there, there, there are one or two elements. But every, every, for every good thing in there, there's two bad things. Or two things which make you roll your eyes. Oh, for fuck's yeah. sake! There's a, there's a bit where um, you know they're, they're being chased by guys on motorbikes, and he sets up an ambush. So he gets the girl who, who supposedly doesn't know how to use weapons and all the rest of it, and he goes, "Right, you stay here in the bushes, and I'll get them to stop, and you shoot them." He's like, "All right, fine, okay." So then, having sort of like set his position, so that you know. That he'll draw the um the, the the bikers to him, he then starts walking away from her. You know, yeah. so that to make himself closer to the bike, so that oh now she's going to have to fight, you know somehow kill them from the other side of a football field kind of thing instead of like yeah. you know a few oh yeah this film had me rolling my eyes a lot. I must admit. Yes. How about yourself? How do you get on with it? Oh yeah, I agree completely. It was it. The jumps in logic don't make sense. I mean, they just turn up out of nowhere and they've got, like you said, you know, suited up, suited and booted from top to bottom. Mm. And then the woman's running around in a, in a vest and the other one's running around in a shirt while he's, again, fully suited and booted for an elk hunt. Yeah. You know, it's, there's so many plot holes that you can drive a bus through. It's it like, well, how, how come everyone knows about this, 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 um, you know, briefcase full of money? Which, you know, is, which, if, it, if it's supposed to be holding a hundred million, I think yeah. it's a bit light. You know, it's, it's very, very light. It's it's going to hold about two grand, if that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hundred million, is it? It's not maybe even not, in like hundred grand. Yeah, because it's half, well, it's, it's, it's half empty, isn't it? I mean, it's not even <laughs> full yeah. of cash. You know, all used banknotes. I mean, when I saw it, when they opened it, I thought, well, there's documents in there. Maybe it's the documents that are the important bit, you know. But no, they keep going on about the bloody money. Where's the bloody yeah. money? You know, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand, you know, these four mercenary slash terrorists or whatever they were, they were you know, 
searching for it because you know the plane crashed, but it's not meant to crash. If you see what I mean. So how yeah, did yeah. other people who've lived in that town forever not know, ab- that. know about the money on this mountain? Which yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it doesn't make sense. But anyway. no, it's yeah, it's frustrating. It's it's one of them. Like you say, mm. eyes rolling back your head all the time. And then and then the ending. Yeah, <laughs> the ending oh, is like fuming, mm. absolutely fuming. Did you see? Did you see the the credit scene? I did. Yeah, there's a, it's an end of credit scene as well, which you know, yeah. it's like okay. Yeah, well, it's not if that's the case, why <laughs> we've just wasted our whole time, really, literally wasted our whole time watching it. Anyway, Steve, uh, Rich, what did you make of Hunted or Kill Shot, as it's also known? Yeah, uh, you know, I, 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 I was a bit uneasy from the first opening scenes, really, because it was just yeah, a bit like you're saying with the eye rolling thing. It's like it opens up with a scene where they, where they stop the truck, mm. or, or one of the opening scenes, they stop the truck and they, and they stand in front of them with this flamethrower, yeah, and then they just oh, start blasting yeah. it out. And I'm like, why are you just blasting that flamethrower around? You're not doing anything with it. Well, this I mean, is the thing. So, so I thought. Right, I thought maybe it's to increase the heat signature of the truck, so it can be shot down. You know, <laughs> you know. But oh, no, no, you're no, giving no. it too much credit there. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was the most stupid weapon to be I mean, using. I, I could yeah. see them, you know, a show of intimidation just for a moment. Yeah. But no, they just keep waving it around. I mean, obviously they got the, the production got hold of it, and they thought, well, we've got to use it. Yeah. So it was, oh. but they, yeah. but the people are the the. You know the people, the drivers, and whatever the transporting people, they're they're still inside the vehicle. Why did they get out exactly? They just anyway. So there was that. Why why not just reverse? There's a bit of music that they play, which then when the, which then when the credits kick in, they just replay exactly the same piece of music. Mm. Uh, Oh, the the guy at the start, who who I just sort of um sort of called bargain bin Riddick. Uh, I prefer to him because yeah. he's basically dressed like Riddick, Vin Diesel yeah. when he played Riddick. He's a guy called Bobby Maximus, who's a retired MMA fighter. Um, he's he's playing that sort of big antagonistic, big bulky mm. guy who's who's going to keep coming back. You know, he's one of the team. Him and the girl, basically, uh, are the two main ones who were coming after him. Um, so then it does that, say the music, and then we've got an uh, an introduction of our hero in a scene which is clearly Mission Impossible Two. Mm. Uh, and he's doing the climbing, which is quite good. The climbing is quite impressive. Thought, yeah, um, going up the, the the frozen waterfall thing. Yeah, that was yes, because the yeah. the director himself is is an alpinist uh, mm. and has made a documentary about um, ice climbing, uh, which is called uh, Himalayan Ice. Got a very nice poster. Um, you, you know, the, um, Ari Novak is his name. The uh, he's made he's made various other films as mm. producer and director, inc- including lots of stuff about dogs, dogs like. Yeah. paparazzi skate dog stuff yeah. like that um so he's clearly you know he's into that uh, and he brings that to the film which is very striking it's a good sequence um but i was just thinking okay so we've got mission impossible two elements here we got mm. and then later we get the commando stuff added in mm. so it's like right i can see your yeah. your influences you're being very transparent about it but you're it's you're also not doing yourself any favors really <laughs> in evoking some of this stuff because they're playing it really straight. And then it's like, yeah. well, obviously that's, you know, a nod or a wink or like literally a line of dialogue being used. 
for for certain sequences. And I was just like, ah, it's you, you haven't that... got, you can't pull it off. You're not pulling. You're not. I mean, we watch a lot of DTV action, uh, but this is definitely on the lower rent side. There was one bit where he bumps into, I want to say, a friend of his, and he tells him this really shitty joke. Oh, and God. then he goes and sees the other guy who's giving him the job of taking the thing yeah. out. And he tells the same joke, except he ruins it. Yes. <laughs> he makes now, it even worse. <laughs> that's what I mean. I actually quite liked that joke when the guy, because yeah. when he tells the first bit, it's like, oh, yeah. God. But then he tells the second bit. And I was, <laughs> and I was like, it is, a, it is a crass joke. But yeah. I was like, I did quite like it. But then the way they do set that up and have him retell that joke, it almost feels like they forgot that they'd filmed the scene of, of yeah, the yeah. other guy telling the joke because it just doesn't because it doesn't work basically. The, it really all, all it sort of seems is is a bit of repetition. It's just like quite annoying. Um, but yeah, the, so the main character who's this guy leading the hunt and we get some flashbacks to mm. show his tragic past and stuff. Um, he's just so he, he's. He's not very bright because it's obvious what's happening. (laughs) And he's like really making stupid decisions. And um, And he's supposed to be be a Navy SEAL. Yeah. (laughs) The big reveal is there's a scene where he he rattles off like the the type of weapons they use. And I'm thinking, okay, either he's he's military or or he's like this really condescending. It's where he goes into that two minute rant about the gun the gun yeah and because... how it's made and this and this and this and you're like right all right yeah. mate we get it he's, he's yeah. mansplaining guns to her basically isn't yeah. it? it's like jesus okay yeah. so then we've got uh rachel cook as uh the the heroine of the film uh, kate mm-hmm. now she's very eye-catching uh mm-hmm. she you know she, she definitely brings something to the film in that sense but it's so completely obvious what's going on with her character oh, from the start. Um, yeah. She's like, I mean, they introduce her um, before the two, they kind of have a meet cutey sort of thing mm. where she's just, she's just sort of giving, you know, making eyes at him yeah. for like five minutes. <laughs> Sorry, like, <laughs> two really yes. sequence. It's all about seduction. Every single scene of hers is yeah. her basically being sort of sultry and sexy with him. And yeah, then but, oh, but... it's just fr- oh, he's she's actually the one who's going to be taking him out on the thing. Oh, wonder oh, what's going to happen. What? And then it's like. She's behaving in these God, like yeah. ridiculous ways, like the whole "oh, I've just had my thighs, you know, my my leg slashed. Oh, I better take off my uh, better, better take, take off, off my these so you can get yeah. get a closer look yeah. and stuff." And it's just like, she's does he not uh, realize that there's a reason that she's been behaving that way? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you know, so transparently, you know, I trying mean, to seduce him. But um, yeah, she look. I mean, she looks great and stuff. But it's so, you know, it's proper like exploitation stuff. I mean, they get they get her in her pants in that scene, mm-hmm. and then at the ending, she ends up in just her bra and and, and trousers or whatever. So they do it like a swap, uh, where she's doing <laughs> oh, the climax yeah. in, in her underwear at the top. Um, but I don't remember any moment where she had to lose her shirt or anything. It's just like, like oh, all of a sudden, oh yeah, she's she's tied up and she 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 doesn't have that yeah. particular item of clothing. So it just makes it for a more um well, yeah, but know, don't um, forget as well in that in that scene he loses his shirt as well. Yeah, well that's the whole commando thing. Isn't like, it? I kind of get that. But yeah. it's, it's well, it's just, it's an it's irritating because then they do like this they keep Pe- they keep like peppering it. it's like she's literally telling him it's like s- saying these like really obvious things it's like yeah well 
yes, obviously, <laughs> but you know, I know where this is going, yeah. and um, he's just not he's not picking up the clues. It's like you know, she keeps saying, "Oh, I think we should split up." I'm thinking. Read the room, you know. It's like Jesus Christ, and she's anyway. clearly not a hunting person. I mean, it's, it's mm. like you're going out to do the hunt. That's what she's there for, mm. and um, she doesn't seem particularly, in, 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 you know, interested bothered. or enthusiastic no. or bothered about actually doing it. So it's just like he's, he's missing. It's <sighs> yeah, it's a mess. Uh, it's poorly, it's... poorly thought out, poorly. and the action, you know, which is what we're here mainly for uh, with a film like this. Mm-hmm. That's the main question. Is the action good? Has it been, you know, well put together? And unfortunately, no, not. I mean, no. it's watchable, but it's, you know, it's it's a far cry from from anything mm. even remotely, you know, memorable. Let's say, um, you know, it's it's gunfire and you know, it's like some basic sort of absolutely, gra- you know, grappling and stuff. It's just like, mm. um, yeah, it doesn't really bring anything. I don't remember anything about it apart from the bad bits. You know, well, and, and Rachel Cook in her pants. <laughs> and and stuff. That's, all, that's all I remember, really. Well, maybe that's maybe that's what you meant to take away from it. So, yeah, because you know they're looking to sort of set up a you know if you go by the end credit sequence, it's like yeah. okay, you know, they're, they're, you know there are plans maybe in the back of his head to do something again. I will say, I will say the one thing I can't. Um, I, the other thing I mem- remember, and you've alluded to it earlier, mm. it's the nuzzling scene. Mm. It's just like, oh my god, what the hell? What are you doing? <laughs> it's just yeah. like, no, no, I don't want this in my, <laughs> I don't want this in my action movie. And it's like, oh, luckily, it's it's, uh, it's not the nineties. Like, it's on. just like yeah. a little flight of fancy kind of yeah. uh, thing that he's had. But uh, yeah, it's that's weird. That's a weird bit to put in again. That's I don't know why. Why? Um, yeah, it's just. Ah, this film, some of the decisions. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but uh, it's it's uh, bad. Anyway, yeah. so there you go. How are we going to score it, uh, Steve? Five. And Rich. Ooh, um, I think I'm going to have to go five. Yeah, it's it. I don't. I I can't justify a six. No, really can't justify anything higher than a five. For this one, it's watchable. You know, it's um, it's it's up it's, there with pursuit and fucking fortress, and all that other dirge that we've had to put up with. Um, it, it's provided us some talking points tonight. I think that's about all we can really say. Um, it's it's not too offensive, but there's a lot of eye rolling. Yeah, expect to eye roll a lot watching this one. So there you have it. That's three fives for Killshot slash Hunted, whichever title they decide to go with. Go check it out. Our next review is Anchorage. Two brothers attempt to drive a trunk full of opioids from Florida to Alaska to cash in big in the land of gold. A split-second act of violence somewhere in the California desert derails their trip and sets them on a crash course with tragedy. Um, unfortunately, Steve, um, Richard, I didn't get a chance to see this one. Um, yeah. So you're flying solo, unfortunately. I did see the trailer for this, and I'm getting the feeling I dodged a bullet. 
How did you get on with Anchorage? Most definitely. You dodged a massive bullet. Um, It's basically two blokes, two brothers, getting off the tits in a car and monologuing to each other about how we're going to sell all these drugs. And they're not going to LA to sell them because they'll get more money in Anchorage when they get get there. Mm. And that's it. It's boring. It's tedious. There's, it's literally just them in a car or in a hotel so room. It's it's a road movie basically, or, or an attempt at one. Yeah, but it's like they filmed it in one seedy spot in like one town, and they keep going up and down the same road type thing. <sighs> it just all looks desolate and you know graffiti mm-hmm. everywhere and hanging and stuff like that. And then you, you get like two scenes of violence. Um, that does kind of, you know, make does put the film on its head at a point. But again, it it doesn't lead anywhere really. It just mm-hmm. leads to the ending, and it's it's frustrating. It's one of them that doesn't it doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything different. The only thing is that they're off their heads half the time <laughs> and the, the singing nursery rhymes that they sung when they were a kid with the mum and uh, see the issue I have you know <sighs> the trouble is it, it's so easy to get that stuff wrong Rich isn't it you know um, you know, characters acting off their tits and things you know it's like when you're the designated driver and all your mates are acting crazy and you're like you, you just cannot you know you cannot compute what they're on about, sort of thing. You, you can, you cannot um, uh, em- empathise with them at all because you, you're stone cold sober and they're not. And it's 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 the most tedious thing, it's, unfortunately. It's that episode of Car Share with Peter right. Kay where right. where they're coming back from the fancy dress party and them two are hammered, and it, it and he's sober and you're Peter Kay, the sober one, and it's <laughs> just so frustrating and annoying. And ultimately, pointless. It's a waste of an hour and a half because there's nothing there. It's just two people talking bollocks. Right, and which can it. work. Which can work it, sometimes. Yeah, you know, um, with with Nail and I, for example, you basically just described that film. Clerks. <laughs> Clerks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it can work. Yeah. But in this, it doesn't, unfortunately. It was, I yeah. Don't you 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 did see dodged a massive bullet as far as I'm concerned. There's a film. <laughs> there was a film we did a long time ago, around about the time we did Habit. Mm. Oh yeah. And there was a film we did about a guy who he he gets carjacked and ends up sort of having to take this girl to this thing, you know, this sort of like Burning Man kind of thing. I just can't remember what it was called, um, but it was—it was a weird one. It was—it was kind of like this, um, and it took me ages to get into it because you know the characters were were just horrible assholes. But eventually, I did sort of like actually get something out of it. But I can't remember what it was called. Um, I'm just sort of checking something now. It wasn't the. Yeah. The one way at the end it suddenly turned into a time machine one, was it? 
No, that was no. that was the night ride one or something. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was just this thing with these people just hanging out and getting drunk and drugs and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, I just can't remember what the hell it was called now. It's a weird one. Anyway, never mind. But yeah, I, I can kind of see what sort of film this was, and and yeah, I think I have dodged a bullet. You know, if if you're in the right frame of mind, you might sort of like it. I think the closest thing I came to something like this is probably something like uh, My Own Private Idaho, with um, mm. Phoenix and, and Keanu Reeves way back when. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you took one for the team here, Steve, and uh, yeah. we commend you for it. We thank you for your service. How are you going to score it? <laughs> a four. A four. Okay, so there you go. That is a four for Anchorage. It might float your boat if you're in for, into that sort of thing. Uh, go check it out. Our next film is Trauma Therapy Psychosis. Self-help guru Tobin Vance has been exiled to the UK, avoiding arrest from his US operations. Now he's secretly running more retreats with the help of a new assistant, Elizabeth, and his acolyte, John. I think this is one of the very last appearances of Tom Sizemore before his untimely death. Um, he gets a very small role as a, well, <laughs> running the... With Tom Sizemore show, <laughs> um, yeah. sort of like you know shock jock kind of guy interviewing people. Um, I thought his scenes were okay, to be honest. I, I, I kind of enjoyed this one overall. It is an interesting look at the whole, um, you know, this sort of how, how how would you describe him? This sort of guru, you know, this sort of self help kind of guy, yeah. and the sort of psycho babble that he comes out with it, it you know it, it can easily excuse any behavior that he comes out with there's a bit where he yells at someone going eat the fucking pill or something like that and the next one is going how did it make you feel when i yelled at you like that you know it's, it's that sort of thing it's like yeah. he, he, he's very quick on his feet he can turn anything to sound like oh i meant this you know this is part of your therapy this is a part of the program sort of thing um it is, I don't know, it's cheap for sure. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a low budget film. Um, but it is interesting sort of seeing these people, you know, these uh, people on this retreat and how they, how it all affects them. How, you know, some of them do break down. Uh, some of them try and resist. Um, there is a very sort of weird uh, plot twist to one of the characters at, at a certain point. Um, or, or two little plot twists to, this, to one of the characters because uh, it sets something up quite early on and, and then it sort of pulls the rug out later on um, with him. I am, yeah, I, I think overall I did kind of like this one. How about you, Steve? Yeah, um, it, is, it is pretty cheap, I'll be honest with you. It's, but I, I like the ideas. Uh, to be fair, even though there's no money there, it was actually kind of executed quite well. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, I mean, I don't know if you've looked into it. Mm. I, I did do a bit of back reading on it. Is that the Tom Sizemore stuff wasn't supposed to be in. There's two different cuts of the film. Oh, okay. There's an, like an American version, which is this. Yeah. 
and there's an English version which is called The Vance Institute. It's exactly the same film. Mm. But it hasn't got the Tom Sizemore bits in. That's interesting. The Vance and Institute the... is also in black and white. Is it? Mm. Okay. Or at least predominantly. Right, okay. But yeah, so that's what I've been looking into and you know, the director's got annoyed and took his name off and everything. Um mm. but apart from that, it, it it was pretty decent. I mean, I like the performances. They were quite mm. good. There's a couple that were a bit ropey, like the the girl with the black hair. Mm-hmm. I wasn't too convinced with her, but the others I thought were all right. And even the actual you know, supposed self-help days or, you know, the activities they were doing. Yep. Even they, I thought, were actually quite ingenious in what they did. Um, but it's, it just, I think it just needed a bit more money. I think mm-hmm. that was the issue with it, to be fair. But apart from that, I actually found this quite quite enjoyable. To be yeah, I, I did. I, I mean, it's, it's certainly better than... Sort of a trailer made, makes it out to me. I think, I, th- I think, you know, that the whole concept of what the you know this guy is doing, they're sort of breaking down, you know, the the, the characters' barriers and then sort of building yeah. them up. But instead of sort of rebuilding them, he's kind, of, you know, building them to his own design, isn't he? He's, the idea yeah. is that he's he's sort of building, you know, creating his own acolytes, as it were, and and we get some sort of infighting within his team, you know, because I suppose you know. He is going to be attracting that sort of um, egotistical people, mm. you know, the ones yeah. that sort of think I can do a better job. I don't know if you've have you re- listened to the um, have you listened to uh, last podcast on the left, the ones about uh, Scientology after Elrond Hubbard died. Um... It's really I fascinating. I definitely remember the L. Ron Hubbard series. I don't yeah. think I did, did one, they, they did one about L. Ron Hubbard, and they did another mm-hmm. one about you know the, the guys who took over after yeah. he went. And David Miscavige. That's Miscavige, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like um, you know it's it's like the night of long knives and all this sort of stuff. And you know this when oh yeah yeah they, you know where, yeah. where they start torturing people and all this sort of stuff came into it, and um, yeah. it's really interesting. But it is that sort of thing. You know, there's this. You know, characters trying to create a power vacuum so they can sort of fit in, and they're that yeah. sort of uh, you know passive aggressive comments like, "Oh, do you think he's? Do you think he's losing it? Do you think he's? He, you know, is he the same as he used to be?" And all this sort of stuff. You know, just trying to sort of chip away at people's confidence and loyalty. Um, it's, it's an interesting sort of side to it. It is an interesting thing as well about you know the, the way they set up the the these retreats where, where they've got a various bunch of people and they've got like a ringer in the middle of it yeah. so you've got this character called john or whatever and he gets kicked out right at the beginning and then he comes back later on again oh yeah this this you know and it's like well what is the point of that exactly is to create this sort of extra bit of unease amongst them to think oh somebody's getting kicked out you know if he's coming back in that means somebody's leaving sort of thing um, it just to create that sort of extra bit of self doubt and like, well, maybe I need to sort of double down and uh, try harder to keep my place. You know, I, I don't know. That's sort of the, the the reasoning behind it. But then you sort of see it at the end as well, where they do the same thing with a different character, which is um, 
you know quite quite interesting for sure yeah i thought i thought this was um pretty solid how about you rich yeah i thought it, it's it's it is an interesting one it's not i didn't love it uh, i think there's some say there are some good ideas and, and some of the bits are really interesting like you're saying about mentioning that scientology thing i think there's some definite parallels there in terms of like you were saying like some of those uh sort of the sessions the sort of intensity of some of those uh sessions between uh uh, that go on from what I've, you know, seen in documentaries or, uh, you know, in books and whatever about like those very confrontational, aggressive, almost like, you know, uh, abusive uh, self-help kind of situation, which is what the whole Scientology thing is. You know, it's all about, you know, self-improvement and whatever. And the, the, But there's this whole underlying, you know, aggressiveness about a lot of it. And that that's definitely on display here. Uh you can definitely see a parallel what they're trying to draw between that kind of situation. The uh, the film's made in Scotland by Laurie Brewster, who we saw. Laurie Brewster, film. yes, of course, because yeah. he, he's um, he's kicking off like the the, the resurgence of Amicus, and um, he's he's trying to develop a you know a new British um, sort of horror studio at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's, he's, yeah, he's a really interesting guy, actually. Yeah, yeah, he's got a very He's very much, um, you know, like the old school, uh, f you know, mm. film producers and stuff who were very much characters. Yes. And they're sort of quite grand and they've got these big vision. And it's almost like a showman, like a mm -hmm. P.T. Barnum-ish sort of thing. And he's got, he's, you know, he's got all these grand, he's presenting all these grand, you know, they're publishing books and stuff that mm. are trying to be, harken back to the classic, you know, um, you know, paperback sort of uh era yeah. you know the kind of stuff that we were talking about previously with um uh mancunian man and his in his book the pike and stuff like that mm. stuff that came out you know in the old days you know he's trying he's trying to bring he's trying to do all that sort of stuff uh and uh yeah he's got he, he's definitely got a love of the old school stuff mm -hmm. and he wants to bring that back in but he's but also got quite an artistic you know desire as well i think that's yeah. why he made like this film and he shot it in black and white and stuff the um which is quite interesting because of the uh well, there must, I, I haven't seen the other version, but there must be some, because I've obviously spent, you know, a lot of the budget on these tracksuits and stuff uh, and the and the, and the, the posters and yeah, that, which are all very bright that, red. Yeah. So whether, unless that red just looks a good hue in, in black and white or something, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, maybe, it's, or maybe it's arbitrary. To me, I was just looking at those tracksuits and just, and it just makes me think of like Squid Game or something. But the, um, yeah. that, that's where some of the money went and it, and it looks good. They've got some good outfits and the, the limited production design in these quite sparse environments is quite good. There's the, you know, the, the, it's the whole sort of um, motivational posters, but almost like mm. in a, uh, you know, third Reich sort of sense. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. The, um, I do find the film meanders a bit. Uh, so I was, and I was getting a bit confused. I've got to be honest about some of the things that happen because there's a couple of cats, there's something that happens or midway through mm. and then it doesn't really have any particular consequences. And then I was like, Oh, but hang on that. Isn't that character. Didn't that character just do X or whatever. So I was, mm. I, I kind of lost my way a little bit with some of it. I think, yeah, I think the story about, I thought, so like Steve, I was, I was looking up and discovered because this film has two different listings on IMDb. Cause I started what, as soon as I started watching it, I was thinking, hang on a minute. I recognise this because I've seen the I saw the trailer for the Vance Institute and I was thinking, 
well, I know what this is. And then I sort of look into it. I was like, why has it got two different listings? Normally, if there was an alternate yeah, thing, just it was just AKA the alternate title thing. It was like, well, no, it's got a separate listing. with Because there's a different credited director on the film, which is actually like a pseudonym, like um, Steve was saying. Um, he basically yeah. essentially didn't want his name on it. So it says Gary Bath, which I think is, um, uh, or it must be Laurie Brewster's cat. Because the funny thing is, the, the IMDb for the director which is obviously has only one, well, not obviously, but it's only got this one credit, has a description of the, of the, of the director. And it says, uh, born in Scotland in 2000, adopted by Nancy Joy Page, residing in Kirkcaldy, Gary Bath, a.k.a. Sir Gary Bartholomew, <laughs> is a furry filmmaker with pointed ears that lives with Scottish novelist Nancy Joy Page. Despite his feline qualities, Gary Bath, has a long history of filmmaking trained by the legendary director Laurie Brewster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they've, they've actually gone to the effort to sort of create this spoof bio. <laughs> That's okay. thing. Anyway, um, so I think uh, the the Tom Sizemore stuff, which they've shot and added in, is mm. is a is a quirky thing. It's curious. I mean, it was definitely mm-hmm. helped marketing the film in America. Uh, as well as the title change, which I say I think the Vance Institute's a better title, mm-hmm. um, but trauma therapy psychosis is obviously something that oh that's quite eye catching. It's like um, you know quite an aggressive title. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what Americans will make of it. So to be honest, I think it's it is quite a British, you know, although they're they're trying to make it Amer- Americanish, but they're saying they are they're not hiding the fact that it's set in Scotland or whatever. But they have got characters put on accents and stuff. Yeah. But the um, yeah, I think if I feel like I've seen it before, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the note. I feel like I've seen a film where people go away on a retreat and stuff goes, you know, awry. I just can't remember what it was. Oh, it was Spring Number, yeah, quite possibly. But uh, yeah, I thought okay, I was, I was, I'm interested in some of the ideas and stuff. But overall, you know, I couldn't, I, I didn't quite latch onto it. I definitely thought, um, you know, like Devil's Machine uh, mm-hmm. made a much better, bigger impression on me. The Devil's um, Machine was very good, yeah. Uh, which also, um, so yeah, that's probably yeah. They, the the limited costume and production design, sort of standing out and and stuff is is probably um, yeah. I want it's... one of those tracks, basically. <laughs> um, okay, scores on the doors, Steve. I'll give it a six. Okay, Rich. Yeah, I'll give it a six. <laughs> who am I to deny this one a 666 so there you go three sixes for trauma therapy psychosis go check it out our final main review is thirst insomnia spreads in a small town causing fear and panic As the situation becomes dire, two couples find salvation on an abandoned ranch, but as nefarious characters descend upon the land, claiming it as their own, chaos ensues. Now, that synopsis is on IMDb. However, that last sentence only really sort of happens in the last 20 minutes of the film. Yeah, yeah, it's like literally the end of the film. (laughs) Basically the end of the film. Um... This is one of those situations where a filmmaker has taken something which could have been quite pulpy and fun and went, no, 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 we're going to do the, 
we're going to do the realistic version. So you remember that there was a couple of vampire films we did last year, like uh, My Heart Only Beats When You Tell It To. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and there was another one about a woman in, I don't know, sort of Peak District or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, yeah. vampire films, but they're real. you know, it's the realism. So this is what it'd be like if you're really a vampire. And this is like, yeah, it's 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 an apocalypse, but this is, you know, this is the realistic version. This is what's going to happen. And it's like, dull as fuck, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. um, I disagree. I disagree. Okay. This, but okay. Um, for me, for this sort of thing, I want the domestics. Okay, I want the domestics. I don't want this sort of bickering end of the world kind of kind of scenario that we got here. It is interesting to a point, you know. We we got this situation where the you know so, some it's it's kind of like what we got in the UK at the moment with all the water, you know the sewage companies dumping all their shit in into the clean water, and you know the the particular side effect here is um, this ongoing onset of um, insomnia which is sort of driving people crazy i don't know if you ever remember the star trek the next generation episode where their sleep patterns were being stopped and and it was literally going to kill them you know if they if they went much longer without sleep you know because they couldn't dream they couldn't sleep properly um and all this sort of stuff um yeah so i've lost my train of thought i can't sleep no it's um yeah, there is an interesting element to it, but I, I don't know. Did you get on with the characters, Steve? No. Um, I'll be honest, I thought it was tedious. Um, it, it took an hour until you found out what was going on. Mm. And I've just and... spoiled it for everyone. <laughs> I've just told you. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. <laughs> You think well, you know, snippets, yeah, you get you get yeah. snippets. So you get you know, if you you have to listen yeah, like, carefully to like radios and TV yeah, and, and like, like, I don't think you've completely given it away. So yeah, we can still skirt around it. I think. No, that's what I mean. Like, you find out after an hour, basically, when a character comes in and just just more dumps everywhere about it, and then oh yeah, it is. You're right. It's on the radio. Mm -hmm. Fine. Mm. But to be honest, they're a bit hipsterish. Annoying bricks. To be fair, you've got the the one who comes back. Shall we say he's he's an absolute asshole. Obviously, oh, what yes. he does and stuff like that. But to why me, was, it was why like, was he allowed to come back? I, I, I thought he'd been I thought he'd been done with. Why hadn't he done him in? You know, why yeah. was he allowed, when he came out? I was like, oh, for God's sake, you didn't do the job properly, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God. Anyway. Um, to me, it was like living through lockdown again and just boring as hell. And that's, I think that's what kind of what they're based on. Hmm. Because all they do is sit around doing now. And I know hmm. they're trying to conserve something and not waste it. And then you, then you get the other news that she's, you know, the state that she's in and stuff. And it's just, oh, it's so boring because nothing happens. Nothing happens. You've got the guy next door who's off his tits who comes in like about two or three times, mm. acts like a nutter for a bit, and then goes, and then they just sat around again doing nothing. 
and 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 mm. yeah, and and the ending is just so inconclusive as well, isn't it? It's just like yeah, oh, okay, that was some weird shit that happened, I guess. Um, okay, Rich, you, you you've got a. Different... It was like when the lockdown happened and you couldn't get a toilet roll from anywhere. Mm. That's what it was to me, and it's just like it's not a film that's interested in in any single way, shape, or form. Mm. Rich, you, you you seem to have gotten a bit more out of this than than either me or Steve did. Um, what what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I thought the say the the first half it does sort of change later. It, 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 there's definitely a a weird sort of psychological thriller, not psychological thriller, but psychological element. A bit like with Outposts, you know, stuff's happening, mm. and it's like you know, it's this jarring stuff that. Uh, it could be rep, you know, could be done. To, it's like inserts that they've added in, like screaming, mm. ah, sort of screaming or whatever. It's like, is it supposed to be ah. representing like his mental state or something? Um, but it, oh, that's, that's something you don't know, do you? You don't know if it's like something that's happened in his past because you know he, he's clean shaven in those bits. And it's like, well, is this some? Is this a past memory or is it like you know? Is it his state of mind? It, it, you're never sure. Yeah, it's um, so. Some of that, I say, I think some of that works and some of it doesn't, but it definitely sort of unsettles you. Of like, oh, this feels like quite a standard thing, but then these weird little bits keep happening. So it's it's got that sort of um, uh, self-conscious sort of artistic touches on it. Uh, but for the most part, it is like you say, it's quite standard. Um, uh, you know, almost like disaster movie-ish sort of drama. You know, um, of of something happening and people dealing with it but not in a big like sort of flashy way more like um so you know like a bird you know I, I get what you're saying about the sort of fun element you know this sort of theme could have played out like um mum and dad for example mm -hmm. um, the film was Nicolas cage and you've definitely got an element of that you know like the crazies or something like that you know there's there's mm -hmm. people just start acting weird and, and you know all, everything's going to hell and that make that's that makes them for some quite interesting sort of scenarios and quite um, uh, made for me. I've I found that all quite interesting. And then you've got the domestic drama stuff playing out as well, and you know the characters, uh, you know, bickering or or, or, or you know uh, uh, not try, you know not liking ex's boyfriend or whatever and stuff and things come into play with that. The, uh, things do go go Hollywood silly. At the end, mm -hmm. because you know there's certain stuff going on with with you know particular characters, and then it's like they or it's like oh this this character is going to come back and we're going to make them like like the big baddie or something. It's like um, which you know might fit the character, but sort of it's excessive. It's you know the uh, the sort of speed at which um, things uh, degenerate degenerate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, so yeah, the I mean the film's called Thirst. There's lots of drinking water, you know. They're, they're very kind of conscious about the water in in the film, and and you, you know that you're always wondering what you're waiting for the shoe to drop on what that's going to be, um, you know what they're getting at with all that, which eventually it does. Um, I think that's all fine. The, the it reminded me of a film called The Trigger Effect, which was I think, yeah. I think the idea was that the uh, lose power, uh, electricity. You got no you got no electricity or whatever, and that was a kind of what do we do now that we can't, you know, use use all these things and it's like society sort of crumbling and stuff. Uh, and they they're doing that in a micro, doing that in a similar way in this in a kind of a 
it's all like a microcosm thing. As I did wonder how broadly it was happening, you know, because because it seemed to be quite uh, happening over quite a, a quite a distance. But I was just thinking, well, couldn't they just go a bit further or something? But um, <laughs> it, it it that didn't that the world building sort of uh, you know that that um, you'd have thought they would have been more. I don't know, external support or something happening. I don't know. So that, that was maybe maybe by design. I don't know. It seemed a bit vague. There was a bit of a plot hole there for me. But you can hear on the news that you know the trucks coming in have been hijacked and stuff like that, and you know they're sending the army oh, okay. in and stuff. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't mind it. I thought it was all right. I, I thought I thought it was quite interesting. It wasn't as arty and stuff as it first seemed uh, although say there's little elements of that but it is pretty mainstream standard kind of fair with quite an interesting scenario played out dramatically rather than you know uh, uh sort of like you say it's not a fun movie but i found it quite an interesting one yeah okay uh scores on the doors uh steve five and rich i'll give it a seven yeah there i go again splitting the difference with a six, a five, a six, and a seven. Mileage will vary on this one for sure. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Night Run. This is the story of Daniel McCormack, a man who is killed on a Halloween night, only to resurrect a year later, seeking revenge on the man that murdered him. Loads of influences being thrown at us with this one, uh, Rich and Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was watching it and I was wondering what on earth would millennials really make of this? You know, I think, you know, uh, some of us brought up on the soundtracks of Tangerine Dream and Harold Faltermeyer and, and um, you know, all, all, all these sort of guys. And, you know, it, it just immediately it's just comfort food isn't it so I listen to that soundtrack at the beginning it's like ah yes give you know the nice sort of decent sort of synth score with it with the the you know the credits so the way that lit and backdrop and everything thought was great but I'm thinking at the same time I'm thinking what on earth would a millennial make of it you know <laughs> really um but the film itself is great I I, I don't know about the gimmick of the the missing reels and you know and, and that sort of stuff i can kind of see why it did it because it allowed the film to sort of jump over a bit of boring plot moments for a lot of it it's like you know so like skip to the important bit um a few times uh, but it did sort of like wear me down a little bit so oh, here we go again you know um but for the most part i think this works really really well uh, definitely inf- uh, influences from the Wraith and the Crow in there, as well as, well as a few other bits and pieces. Um, a thoroughly enjoyable thirty minutes. Uh, Steve, what did you make of it? Yeah, uh, it's 80s throwback, extraordinarily, isn't it? Um, everything about it is just screaming eighty-five to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my my issue with it is again. I don't know if they're doing it because they can't afford it uh, or they can't be bothered. This missing real thing, mm. it 
it annoys me. I mean, I, I know it's harkening back to like, you know, the grindhouse days where sometimes that did happen. They just didn't have the reel, so they just played the film without it. But is it a lack of budget, or is it they can't be asked and they just say, "Well, we'll say what we'll stick that in there," then we don't have to do that bit, and then mm. we can just crack on. I think it might be a combination of things. I think when this was originally crowdfunding, they were quite explicit about they were aiming to make a feature. Mm. So it could be that, you know, they didn't have the money to film the whole film. So they thought, okay, we we don't really want to, you know, truncate it too much. But what we could do is, you know, uh, as another sort of, you know, another influence would be to say, okay, let's do that thing that Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino or whatever have done. And that that works also within the context of our sort of 1980s sort of aesthetic that we're going for. So I think that's I think it's a common. They might have gone, oh, yeah, that's a great sort of shortcut or whatever. That's a good stylistic thing we can throw in there. I think where it stands different to uh, like when it's been done in other examples is this isn't a, a film sort of that's being. It's not. It's not a comedy. It's not being humorous particularly. Mm. There's there's a little bit of humor, but it's it's yeah. played pretty straight. So therefore, to add these kind of comical moments of missing reels just sort of is a little bit incongruous in in the style. If you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not that I like not that I didn't I didn't mind it at all. I was yeah. I, I was okay with it, but I think it was. Um, it it, it is like if, if you if you could imagine yourself at like some really crappy driving you know you know steve like um that film we watched called the night the night the day after halloween Halloween, yeah 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 it's it's, it's kind of like that where they got these sort of battered films you know it's like oh shit you know the reel's damaged again and you know there's there's barely enough film to, to actually show but it's like well we've got nothing else to show tonight stick it on kind of thing um you know it's in that sort of state uh, so, so I, I got that aesthetic from it for sure. You know, so you can imagine sort of people throwing popcorn at the screen and all this sort of stuff. Mm. You know, but um, you know, you know uh, just to sort of recap, you know, you mentioned Tarantino and Rodriguez, uh, Rich. I mean, what we're referring to there is, of course, the the Grindhouse movie, yes. you know, Death, Death Proof slash uh, Planet Terror, um, yeah. where, where they sort of did lean heavily in, into this sort of you know style of scratched frames and and all the rest of it mono sound. Um, I actually need to revisit that, um, especially um, Tarantino's one. Um, I didn't get on with it at the fir- the first time I watched it. But yeah, I kind I, of I appreciate it. I think, yeah. yeah, I've all watched it once. Yeah, Planet, Planet Terror did a better job, but but I think I need to re- revisit it. Um, yeah, so so there's a lot to like here. Um, Worst. I thought the music was great. music was great. Crockett, the soundtrack Crockett, which I think you can listen to online as well. I think I, I love synthwave kind of stuff anyway. Yeah. So I thought that was a real, which I think is actually might even be the the filmmakers themselves, uh, like you know the director Eric Solis yeah. and um, his collaborators. I think they might have done the music themselves under say this uh, this other name that they that they use, but Crockett, obviously the Miami Vice reference and yeah. stuff. Uh, uh, sorry, I interrupted what you were saying about the um, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, fucking useless hero though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is yeah. the thing. So I thought I was hoping I've been looking forward to this film for quite a long time, mm. 
Uh, and I was, re- you've name checked them earlier. I was really hoping this was going to be something like the Wraith. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it's it not at all. Towards um, it. it was really building there's... up to something to be like the Wraith. You know, they even went down the Crow route a little bit, you know. Yeah. And, and so. But he just kind of, he, he, got, he dies and then he comes back and he's yeah. he's just himself. You know, there's yeah. not, there's not, you know, the Wraith, when he came back, it was like, you weren't sure if, if it was Charlie Sheen or not or whatever. And, uh, yeah. you know, there was the whole cool sports car and the helmet and everything. It was yeah. really good. I don't um, know who he, he is, but he's mean and pissed off. Yeah. And in the crow, obviously, you know, he's got this new sort of identity and look. Uh, and in this one, it's, uh, oh, no, he, he was gone, but now he's back again. But he's basically just the same guy. And uh, I was a, I was a little bit disappointed by that. Um, yeah. And the whole thing with the car, which actually the, the car is is the bad guy's car. It's not. It's not really. Uh, was it? Was it the bad guy's car? No, no. He, he nicked it from a from oh, a, um, it. a car, car showroom or something. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But um, yeah, there's a really nice car in it and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's and some of the ingredients are there. It's say it's about half. It's it's just over half an hour. Um, it's it's not everything I wanted it to be, but I still really liked it. I, so, I, uh, I thought, it, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. got it's it, it's it does what it was aiming to do, uh, and I quite like the fact that it's playing it straight um, um you know you can have you can it, watch it for uh so it's it maybe it could have done with a bit more of a tongue-in-cheek kind of feel but i uh, but i think overall i th- i thought it worked uh, and i was really pleased with it but yeah that the element of the hero not you know as, as they, so yep. it, it wasn't everything i wanted it to be in that sense mm-hmm. indeed okay we don't score the shorts but we certainly recommend you check them out and we definitely, definitely check, want you to check out Night Run. You'll find a link to this in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And I'm going to read out what um, IMDb have got for a synopsis for this because it's short and to the point. Aliens who look like clowns come from outer space and terrorize a small town. Killer clowns, if you will. Um, so I, I remember seeing the trailer for this, you know, w- way back when on VHS. And it, I don't know, it didn't really sort of grab me. The, even though there were, you know, bits of the trailer I liked, uh, like the thing with the uh, the shadow puppets. Yeah. Um you know, I always remember that bit in 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 the trailer, um, but I never really, I never got round to seeing it. I must admit. Um, however, having seen it now, and it is both as stupid as I thought it was going to be, but also incredibly inventive. I was really, really surprised at what they came up with for this. You know, it's it's not. There's quite a bit of imagination being put into how they act, you know, the, the, the various kills and things they come up with. Um, I've actually got a lot out of this one. How about you, Steve? Yeah, I, I watched this when I was a kid um, when it came out on VHS. Absolutely loved it. I mean, it is, it's not good. You know, it's ridiculous. It's, but it is done really well. That's the thing. Even like the sets and the spaceship, I think, are done really well for what they are. Yeah. It looks like it's been thrown together for like 20 quid, I'll be honest. But they've done a good job with it. And 
you know, basically just nicking the town and turning them into, you know, candy floss and mm. just wanting to eat the town. And, you know, even the bit with the bikers, because that was the mm. big bit when I was a kid. Mm. You know, oh, what are you going to do? Knock me block yeah. off. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, straight away it was like, yes, legendary. Mm. And, you know, you don't get any backstory, nothing. They just, it just crashes, they turn up. Start kidnapping people, putting them in balloons and whatever you want. And obviously, you know, you've got like the miserable bastard copper who's like, no, no, it's all, mm. you're all off on drugs and you're all dickheads and stuff. And you've got mm. the young one and it is just fun. That's all it is. And like I say, it's years since I've watched it, but when as soon as Rich put it in, in the group chat, so that we're doing this, I was like, yes, cannot mm. wait. There's a couple of bits in this which I thought were really, really good. You know, there's um, there's the the Punch and Judy bit for one. I thought that that was really good. But you got John Vernon playing the um the other police officer, the one you mentioned is the grumpy one. Yeah. And there's a scene with him where he, you know, the, the ventriloquist dummy bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking brilliant. You know, the way yeah. he acts during that scene was absolutely superb. You know, it really, really sold it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Rich, you you must have seen this back in the day, I bet. Yeah, I echo a lot of, I echo a lot of Steve's sentiment because I saw it when it came out and, you know, instantly made an impression. The same moments, you know, are memorable. It's yeah. just such an iconic film to i think to those who who saw it back in, in back in that back in that time it's also very much a product of its time as well um but it but it's uh, you go back when you're going back to watch it it it's not dated in in a you know it's dated not but really, not in a yeah. in a really bad I, 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 only sort of anachronistically isn't it because yeah like, oh, look, yeah. don't have mobile phones sort of things like, it yeah. still works really really well the yeah. um John Vernon, as as say the uh, as Mooney, uh, I just think he's one of the great grumps of cinema. He's just so yeah. great with his with his delivery. He's always he'd been, he was. I mean, he was most famous for Animal House, Animal but House, he's playing yeah. a version of that character. Um, he was also Mister Big, and I'm going to get you sucker, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, so he's one of the best things about the film. I, I think what it, what makes it work is like he's, like Steve was saying. There's no explanation or justification or anything for why they are why these aliens are clowns, uh, and you know literally they're in it's it's hook line and sinker. <laughs> they literally fly around in something uh, a spaceship which is a tent, mm. and uh, or at least has the look of a tent. And then uh, I mean I get it, it could be that they've taken the form of clowns to sort of mislead to to lure um, to lure Earthlings and all that sort of stuff, but that's never mentioned. The the, no. the concept is basically no, they just are like that. Probably, <laughs> yeah. like, so we're not going to explain it. They just that just is it, and it's a and it's played. Um, it's not it's hum it's humorous. It's funny. It's got jokes, but it and it is you could you you know it's clearly a comedy, but it's played straight. It's, it's a bit like what I was saying with like Night Run. Mm. It's a, a film that's just you know it could be really silly or whatever, but they're they're just playing it so damn straight in, in the same way that a lot of films you know did back then you know like the wraith i mean it completely you know watch that he's like what he comes he comes back as this like 
car driver or whatever. It's, it's crazy, but it plays it completely straight and it works. But this one, it's got that comic element, but it doesn't overplay it. And it just lets the lets it play out like a serious, almost a serious horror film. Um, but with these sort of over, uh, comical elements that they've added, which was already something that was working quite successfully for other films, including... Gremlins, Scoolies. Um, well, yeah, this is the thing. Gremlins. So the... the the whole, uh, I think Gremlins is the is the touchpoint zone for this yeah. because Gremlins itself was a comedy which was played very much as a serious horror film and could be interpreted either way depending on how you were feeling or when you were approaching it. So, um, but the you know then it's got those really obviously comic scenes like you know where did they get the little clothes from and all this sort of stuff. Mm. It's just like you know there's no explanation for any of that. So that's what I think the touchstone is that. But the Chiodo brothers who created this film. Uh, they created the Critters, which was a knockoff of Gremlins. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I think so. There's that through line here. Mm. Uh, I just think it works really well. It starts with a great theme song by the Dickies, uh, which really gets things going. Uh, the um, the actors and stuff I quite liked in there. Include we've got um, uh, Suzanne Snyder, who uh, is quite recognisable. She was in things like Weird Science, uh, small roles and stuff. But she's she's done various things over the years. But um, she uh, say her and John Vernon and the other guys are quite good as well. It's all kind of stock characters, the same people you would see in Friday the Thirteenth movies and all this sort of stuff. Um, uh, then you've got like the silly friends, like the the Jay and Silent Bob of the movie, basically, yeah. who are yeah. you know just being this comedy double act, the ice cream guys. There's some quite fun scenes with them. Uh, but yeah, the main thing that it's the set pieces, it's the character design. It's the you know because the, the masks you know the, the clowns themselves the masks are actually rigid they 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 not, they don't really move very much yeah. and they try and but they manage to overcome that quite well uh, and there's let's say there that that in 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 a in a way that's that's what makes the John Vernon ventriloquist dummy scene more effective because that is them communicating like directly like for the first and I think only time in the yeah. film. Uh, where they actually speak intentions and stuff uh, through him, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's the uh, there's a lot to do with puppetry, various different puppets. So you've got like um, the ventrilo- puppet show, the ventriloquist dummy puppet show, um, shadow puppets, great, mm-hmm. great scene that yeah. the balloon, balloon animal. There's a great bit where he makes a balloon dog to chase yeah, someone. It just, it's funny. just just him walking along with this balloon dog and the balloon dog is a little bit animated and stuff works really well there's the great bit with um uh the the like car race there's like some, basically one of the clowns is coming along with like an invisible car so it's just him floating in the air that works really well it's it's set piece after set piece sort of like and it's it's gags but not in an overtly that's what i think it's, it walks that narrow line of being you know they could have really tipped it over the edge and it could have been really grating but they kept it on the right side of the horror, so it, it's more a, 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 a more a horror comedy than a comedy horror. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the the um, there's some there's some quite nasty bit, bits with like um, really effective, like the little bits with like the popcorn, mm-hmm. and the popcorn just like starts yeah. it's like um, yeah. it's like sliding around, almost like slugs or something, and then it becomes it grows into stuff and whatever. It's all it's all fantastic. Um, I'd say the production design is shown to be. Uh, the budgetary limitations are quite obvious at times with the big sets. Um, they're, they're quite, you know, some of it's like really uh, black backgrounds, but but it's very, very colourful, very vibrant. Yeah. 
you know i think they did a lot with what and of course of course they created the you know the guns and stuff that they use that they i think they really stretched out their budget as much as they possibly could uh, and it's a classic for a reason and now it's being adapted to become a video game all right there is an interesting yes. um relationship element to this as well because so our, our main couple mm. um are you know debbie and uh, sorry debbie and is it mike I mean, yeah, yeah. And then and the then the, the, the the um police officer called Dave, Dave who's yeah. who's her ex boyfriend, who clearly sort of still feels for her, and he he's constantly sort of trying to be the one to console her or hug her, you know, all all this sort of stuff. And, and her boyfriend's like, "Well, who who am I? What am I doing here now?" <laughs> Especially at the end. You know, yeah, um, he, not, yeah. he, he, he makes a point of getting in the way, so she ends up hugging him instead of her actual boyfriend. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's sort of really... how old are they supposed to be? Because I swear they say they're in high school. Mm. Which, um, if he's yeah. a police officer and whatever, and his girlfriend's in high school, that's a bit weird. But the the other yeah. thing is, these are te- I think these are teenagers who look about thirty, <laughs> which was also yeah. a very common thing very in common. the nineteen eighties, which uh, which is quite funny because I swear like. Mike, <laughs> he looks like he's 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 like oh I'm I'm a, like a senior or whatever and it's like he's, he's like no you look like you should be running a bank or something yeah, yeah. You be a substitute teacher or something <laughs> yeah oh and the great oh the other there's um there's a guy called Royal Dano who plays uh, the farmer who who's basically the first victim. oh yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. He, oh, yeah yeah he's great I've seen var- there's been variations of that kind of character in loads of stuff I thought he yeah. worked really well I think there's a I, very very similar scene in the blob remake which was yes, the same year as this there is yeah yeah exactly that's I mean I, in fact I, I thought he might have been Fred Gwynn you know from like oh, um, yeah, yeah. one story is that sort of character actor but there you go yeah it's a lot of fun I'm glad I finally caught up with it um it's it's currently available on freebie um so so adverts you know, but um, not too yeah. many. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't no, get not, 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 not too bad. Too bad. But it's it's there. It's available. If you haven't seen it, we do recommend you checking out. Uh, you got to see. You got to see it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Very a lot more inventive than um, than I gave it credit for way back when, for sure. So that's the end of this week's show. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Rich and Steve for joining me. Some interesting films this week. Um, we, we all liked Outpost a lot. Um, pretty much enjoyed Chad Gets the Act. And pretty much universally hated um, uh, what's it called? Kill Shots. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, some, some good films this week for sure. Uh, oh yeah, and Anchorage. Sorry about that one, Steve. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also check out the short shots where Rich will put a link to a new short every evening around about eight o'clock. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.